This episode of Disney Countdown is brought to you by Countdown Network. From Christmas to theater to Disney, parenting, and beyond, Countdown Network is your home for the top-ranked countdown podcasts in the world. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and dreamers of all ages, welcome to the Disney Countdown Show. Remain seated, please. Permanecer sentados, por favor. Everybody, welcome to the Disney Countdown Show. You made it, folks. We're back. We are back. We are back. I know you maybe missed us last week when we got our special bonus scenes uh, episode provided by our mm. lovely producer, Chris Sisley, who is here right now. Hello, Chris. We also got Danny Jordan coming to Hello. us live. We're all live. We're not together, but we are all alive. We're not dead, so we're alive. Uh, together and here we are this is going to be a good episode i'm very excited about this list today we're going to be doing top 10 attractions at all of disney world which Woo. encompasses quite a bit quite a bit so uh this list is going to be good um but we're back danny how you doing how uh how's your last uh, couple weeks been uh what's new in your life how you doing i'm doing great first i gotta start off by saying that when you said we're back all i could think about was backstreet boys you have a problem, Danny. Count down, boys. All right. I mean, come on. <laughs> I don't know. It's just I, my brain works like that. When people say certain words, you know, when you said like famous and made me think of Three Amigos, you just said back. Immediately, I thought of Backstreet Boys. And I just wanted when you said that, I wanted Chris to hit an audio cue of all right. I think I think you need to talk to somebody, Danny. <laughs> I did. I met with my therapist this morning. She said she said for me to live my truth. So I'm doing that right now. I do have a question for you, Eric. You are in your like audio booth where you do your voiceover stuff yes, for your yeah. Madagascar show and all the other stuff that you do in, in the biz. I noticed there's a light that keeps flickering in your room. Is it sound sensitive? It sure is. Isn't that cool? Oh, wow. uh, it's I have like an LED strip of lights that goes around kind of the inside of all of the sound panels and it is plugged into my computer, but it is sound activated. So I can set it to like one color and have it stay, but I think it's kind of fun every time I talk for it to sort of go blue, 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 um, which is very fun. But See, yes, it is sound activated. They're sound activated, your lights. I'm word activated. <laughs> See, I'm, your lights and I have a lot in common. Yes, yes, you and do. we're both just trying to bring light to the world. That's <laughs> that's pretty much it. Uh, but I'm doing well. You know, you you've been busy. You know, the reason we we took last week off and did our deleted scenes episode was, you know, you've been shooting a ton of shows, and your new show uh, just came out, or the episode one of the episodes of your new show, Chicago Fire. Yes, just came out what, a couple of days ago, right? Yeah, it's kind of crazy how fast their turnaround is because I feel like we were just recording when I was in Chicago shooting that show. Right. Uh, and then it came out pretty quick because a lot of times you'll shoot something and it won't come out for six months, a year. It can be a long time. But this one, I really I shot like a month ago and it's already out. But yeah, the first episode aired uh, last night uh, on the Chicago Fire airs on Wednesdays on their one Chicago on NBC uh, <laughs> crossover events, which is very cool. Um, and it turned out really good. And I'll be on next week's episode as well. I play uh, a character. I can talk about it now. So I play a character named Shep who's a uh, homeless guy who a garbage truck fell on top of me in last oh my night's gosh. episode. So basically uh, I, these like teenagers tried to rob me. I ran out into a street trying to chase them, but uh, a garbage truck swerves lands on top of me. I'm trapped under the garbage truck. 
the uh, the amazing firefighters from Firehouse 51 come and save me, and they lift up the truck and they get me out, and then I get my character gets a little little uh, stalkery, if you will, oh, really? um, with one of the firefighters who helped him out and sort of like seemingly connected with him, and he takes that connection a little too far, uh, and that's so it ends up in the end of this first episode, which aired last night. I get into a fight with one of the other Whoa. firefighters and a fist fight, and the cops come and. It's pretty intense. Yeah, it's good. But it turned oh. out really good. And uh, my next episode will be airing next week, the 17th of May. And it's actually a very exciting day because I have another TV show that's premiering that day. Breaking uh, that, news. Yeah, that show High Desert that I shot while I was doing Kevin Kneff himself season two. I don't know any of our loyal listeners may remember I was flying back and forth between Boston and LA filming both shows at once. Right. Uh, and that show is finally coming out. Uh, so if you have Apple TV, definitely check out uh, High Desert on Wednesday, May 17th is when it will start. Uh, and you'll see me in most of the episodes of that season. And it's a really cool, weird, fun show starring Patricia Arquette and a bunch of fancy people. And uh, yeah, so next Wednesday is going to be a busy, busy night in my house watching TV. I'll be a busy night in my house as well. I'll be tuning in to support you to hope our listeners will do the same. Now, remind me, Hi Desert, was that the one where they sent out that thing you had to wrap over your mustache yes. when you flew back to shoot? Yes. Uh, to shoot uh, LA, yeah. So yeah. what it was, was I had a big mustache like I have now. Um, and I had shot most of the show with the mustache. And then when I went back to Kevin, Kevin's, the character of Kevin was clean shaven. So I had to shave the mustache but then when I went back to L.A. to film the last few episodes of High Desert, they had to make me a fake mustache that matched my real mustache. That's amazing. So I put like that piece of saran wrap over my face and basically like traced exactly what my mustache looked like. And I took like all these like really high quality, very close pictures and they matched every single hair. Oh, my to, like how the coloring of my hair because my mustache has a little bit of gray and white in it and so they like they literally make it hair by hair and they sort of match what it looked like which was very very cool that's how you know you've made it i guess so because you know think back to when you were probably doing like community theater you know when you were young where they're like yeah we just got this one wig left over <laughs> in the back you're like this looks horrible i mean like sorry that's what, that's it is. what, that's we, what got we got for you to yeah. be the old prospector like that. That's <laughs> that's what you wear. Um, but I feel like that's how, you know, you've made it when they make a custom facial hair piece. Custom stash. Yeah. Did you I'll get tell to you, keep it afterwards? I did not. And I asked about it and they were like, well, we're going to keep it in case we get a season two and in case we need it. Because they I think they told me it was pretty, pretty expensive. I can imagine. Uh, yeah. I think it was in the tens of thousands. What? Uh, of what? <laughs> What it costs to get one of those things made oh my gosh um, so it was uh it was pricey uh, um but yeah my mustache is really working for me these days because i'm shooting a nickelodeon channel show right now and the character i play like a kind of a contractor guy you know who's sort of like the nemesis to one of the dads on the show yeah. and in the original script it was like uh, my name's this and such and such and i've got sweet hair and then when I came in, once they cast me, the lines had all been changed. And it was like, my name's such and such, and I got a sweet mustache. And then like all <laughs> of my lines now on the show are all about like, yes. look at this awesome stash that I've got. You could never grow a stash like this. And so they changed all these lines. Oh my sort gosh. I like my, my glorious mustache, which is, uh, I'm very happy with that. Oh, so you will be having the stash for a while then. I think Can't it's sticking around for a minute. I think, <laughs> I think it's sticking around for a minute. Yeah. 
are you allowed to talk at all about the Nickelodeon show? Because I saw there was something up on your Instagram the other yeah, day. Yeah, I think or... I can say what show it is. It's called Aaron and Aaron. Uh, it's the okay. new Nickelodeon show. Just I think it just started premiering a couple of weeks ago. Uh, really fun show about uh, a blended family and the brother and the sister are both named Aaron, female Aaron mm. and Aaron, male Aaron. Uh, and they're both musicians and, you know, in high school or whatever. And they sort of form a band and they sing all these songs together and then they have a kooky fun family and it's great it's very are fun you gonna sing on the show i'm not singing on the show there oh, is a lot of singing on the show but uh no my character does not not sing on the show they need to write you a sweet stash song they might you know i, I will say i'm in the final two episodes of the season because they're okay. we were we're shooting it uh this week and last week um and uh the costume people were like, oh, we're keeping all your costumes because if we come back for season two, you're definitely coming back. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, we'll see, we'll see. but you should just uh, like make up a song and just be like humming it in the hallways. Yes. And maybe <laughs> like go past the EP's office. Like, what was that you were humming there? Is that sweet stash? Is that, that was just some riffing on. There is a there is a song about me that is sung, oh. but I don't sing it. I just sort of rock out to it. Okay. But maybe, maybe in the future, my character will. Uh, I could will, see it happening, will. considering all your Broadway roots and sure, yeah. School of Rock and all the things. It feels like, it feels like the the foundation is there. Yes. If it goes for a second season, they bring you yeah. back. That that could happen. So I'm gonna I'm putting that out into the universe. Um, well, while you've been crushing it in the TV game, I was crushing it in the vacation game. Yeah, how was Hawaii? It was it was good, you know. Um, I, did you ever go on like a big vacation trip with your kids when they were like super young, like four and one, where my kids are at right now? Did you ever do that, like fly across the country or? Um, we flew across the country plenty, but it was usually flying to see family. So like the traveling there, I definitely did with my kids from honestly since they were you know born. Like we right. would fly. I think Sophie took something like. 20 flights in the first year oh, wow. of her life you know like so she was or maybe a year and a half of her life so she had flown quite a bit and we flew a lot with miles but the, once we get to the location usually we were going to meet either my family or lisa's family so so the actual spending of the vacation we had help yeah we had no help um and you know i've only ever been to hawaii as like a teenager and then as you know like an engaged or married individual with no children um, and let me tell you, going to Hawaii with two children who are young is a totally different experience. Sure, yeah. You know, it's like, oh, I don't get to just go like hang out in the, the koozie, you know, for for 30 minutes and and sip a White Claw. You know, like that's not a that's not a thing anymore. It's like you got to you got to entertain your kids all day long. Like the excursions that I'm like super into, they're not really like at that age yet. Um, like we used to, when my wife and I went a couple of times before this trip, there's a spot at the Northern end of the big Island called Waipio Valley, which is where, uh, like King Kamehameha was hidden there for the first five years of his life to keep him safe from like other chiefs that like warriors that wanted to like take him out, you know? Um, but I love it. Cause it's like this beautiful Brown sand beach. And it's just like this, like sort of like cut out Bay area. And I didn't think before going there of the elevation change from where we were at to where this valley is, it's like almost 3,000 mile elevation change. Sure, yeah. So we get about halfway there and my one-year-old is just screaming in, in the back because her ears are killing her and she doesn't understand what's going on. I was like, oh, 
Danny, we've got to readjust our expectations of of vacations um, yeah, yeah. for the next little while. But I will say it was it was great getting out there. Like after a couple of days, like the girls just got so into the pool vibe. I bought uh, our daughter Emerson like one of those like little floating ring things that she just she wanted to take it in every single pool that she could find out there in Hawaii. And then our youngest, like it was her first time ever being in a pool and she took to it like a fish and just seeing them, like the fun that they were having, um, it just shifts your perspective on everything. So it was, it was nice just to get away and to not sit in an office all day long. And, um, it was a good recharge for sure. So I'm glad we, we took that opportunity to do that. And then in a couple of weeks, I'm, I'm heading out to Orlando. I'm taking another trip. Yeah. Tell, tell us about that. Where are you going? When, what, what's happening there? There's this cool place in Orlando called uh, Disney world um, that I'm going to be <laughs> checking out. Um, I've heard good things about it. Um, so I'm excited to see what it's all about. Uh, no, but it's actually my, one of my good buddies who's a huge Disney fan like us, uh, who I talked about before on the show, Kenny Rogers Jr. It's his birthday. Um, so I'm going to fly out there. Him and I are going out there together. We're going to do all four parks over two days. I'm going to capture a bunch of content for, for our social media and you know, I'll, I'll be there and back in like three and a half days. So it's going to be a quick, quick little turnaround. So, you know, just, just loving life, traveling and, and doing all, all the things. Um, but this feels like a good time, uh, you know, speaking of like Disney and Disney world to maybe hit up some Disney news. Let's do it. We interrupt our program to bring you this Disney news. Danny Jordan coming to you live from inside the gates of Disney California Adventure, actually, for this first piece of Disney news. Um, I don't know if you saw this, Eric, but this just came out recently that Disneyland is going to test operating the Incredicoaster during World of Color performances. Ooh, which, that's exciting. Right? I mean, as you know, anyone who goes to the Disney parks, there are certain rides, you know, Disneyland is famous for this, or like Fantasyland shuts down for the fireworks show. Um, and then, you know, certain things like, over, like you can't go to get on the boat or do like the little canoes, you know, from basically like mid-afternoon on because of, well... RIP for the current moment, Fantasmic, um, but World of Color, which is right on you know Pixar Pier, typically like those attractions that are right there get shut down, but apparently they're going to be testing it out within Credicoaster. And I feel like I read somewhere recently that they've even talked about maybe running some of the other attractions that are adjacent to World of Color. I don't think they can like the do- swings and stuff? Maybe uh, the swings, they just, I just saw on Instagram the other day that the swings are back. You know, they've been refurbishing them for a yeah. while. Uh, the, the silly symphony swings, but those, those are back. I, I don't know if that's part of the plan, but I think they're going to start um, with Incredicoaster and then sort of see, uh, see how things go from there, which I think is super fun. Like um, one of my favorite things, uh, you know, about Epcot, it's sort of like a pro tip is that if you take like the Skyway over from Hollywood Studios back to Epcot, when the fireworks are happening at Epcot, you get this incredible, you know, elevated view, like bird's yeah. eye view of, of the show. So I think that's going to be amazing. I'll also be interested because I feel like World of Color, the orientation of the show is for people who are on what would that be like the north side of, of the, the lake yeah the lake to see that so i don't know how much you'll actually be able to see yeah i wonder how much the projection goes through the water like if you're on the incredicoaster and you're behind it would you just see it in reverse you know sort of like the flipped image or right is it just going to look like mist i don't know but like do know. they run the um the ferris wheel during during world of color yeah i i don't think they do currently because i I feel like there are projection elements that 
go on to like that big Mickey face. Yeah. I mean, it's been a while since I've watched World of Color. Um, but as I'm reading further into this article here that was on uh, mickeyvisit.com, which posts a lot of really, really great uh, news content. They also have social pages as well, which you can uh, check out. They're saying that the Incredicoaster alongside uh, in, Inside Out's Emotional Whirlwind and Jumpin' Jellyfish that typically close early in the evening will be open for later hours uh, is what the OC register is reporting. So nice. they say may run later. Don't know if that is necessarily like, oh, it's going to be during World of Color and maybe they'll just right. open later. But um, I'm excited if they do it. I mean, look, I'm going to try to try to time it out and definitely see what the show looks like from, yeah. from up above. Well, I think it's cool in two ways. A, if you can time it out and like experience World of Color from the backside or whatever would be cool. Yeah. Um, you know, the backside of water. Um, and, uh, but also even if you're not trying to see world of color, if you're giving a few extra hours when usually during world of color, obviously most of the people that are in California adventure are attending that. So it would lose, you know, lessen the lines for, you know, some of those, right. And coaster can get kind of a long line at times. Yeah. Uh, so if you can add some extra opportunities to that, that seems great. I agree. And, and I, you know, as much fun as in coaster is during the day at night when those like red lasers are like shooting oh, yeah. over when you go through the tunnels like those effects are so much more impactful at, at night so it's cool that regardless it's going to be open later into the evening and give people the opportunity to have more of, of that really really cool experience so that's that's one of the stories i wanted to share with you all today there's another one that i saw was really cool sought that was thought and saw mixed together <laughs> that i thought was really cool that i saw on Instagram, this was posted on the Disney Parks page on Instagram, uh, and this was uh, this was a couple of weeks ago. And it was when they were celebrating World Wish Day. They had this behind the scenes look. They've added three new uh, windows to Main Street USA that are dedicated to Make a Wish Foundation specifically. Um, That's cool. Yeah, and they're back uh, in that area. Have you ever been sort of back where like the first aid center is by the the red trolley that sells yep. the corn dogs. And there's like yep. that, the, the baby room. Have you ever been to that place? Yep. So a little bit further beyond that next to the first aid there's, I think it's called the wish center. And above that, that's where they've put these new, um, these new windows. So next time you're at Disneyland, go check them out. Um, I think this is the first time that Disney has done windows like dedicated to a nonprofit. Uh, Cause I think in the past, it's always been about like Imagineers or legends who have, you know, done a lot for for the disney uh brand over the years so i thought that was really cool so i wanted to shine a light on that and all the cool things that make a wish foundation does uh not just with disney but but all around the world uh next piece of disney news this is actually uh connects to our theme for today is that there are some updates coming to walt disney world in 2024 i don't know if you saw these so they are removing theme park reservations uh the reservation requirements for date-based tickets which is yes, pretty I cool. See that, yeah. Saw that. That was really cool. Um, they're going to have good to go days for annual pass holders and cast members, which is really really cool. Um, the I guess the Disney dining plans are coming back. Uh, more time in the park for Disney Resort hotel guests, um, and they're going to simplify the Dini Dini. Man, I'm just all about <laughs> combining every word possible here today. Uh, they're simplifying the Disney Genie Plus experience out there. So. A lot of cool stuff coming to Disney World, and it makes you wonder, you know, specifically with the reservation element of things, does that suggest that at some point, maybe next year, that the reservation system will be going away for Disneyland? Yes. I, I don't know that it'll go go away completely. Um, I 
maybe we've talked about this or you've seen this, but I know that at Disney World, and I don't know if this applies to Disneyland, but pa- annual pass holders can now go after 2 p.m. without a reservation. Right. Which is nice. So, and I have a feeling they'll at the very least start that in Disneyland. Um, I do think that they they want the data of who's coming to the parks. Do you know what I mean? Of and course, yeah. As as much as guests would like to not have the reservation system, I I just can't. That seems like something that Disney, as much as they're sort of like reacting to fan frustration over the JPEG gears, and they're trying to like right the ship. That seems like something that they're going to be like, we're not going to take that away. Like right. them having as much data as they can about who's in the park. And, you know, it's not just about the numbers of who's coming. When you're signing up, you're giving information, whether this is in, I don't mean to be a conspiracy theorist, but like (laughs) they know, like they're looking at demographics of like, where are these people coming from? Are they in state? Are they out of state? Are they, you know, how many, how many people per family? Are we getting more like family of four reservations or more single person reservations? And they're going to, you know, adjust everything accordingly. But but I do think that, you know, that Iger is definitely like making a big push to I saw some quote that I think was from him being like parks is like it has to be near the top, if not number one on our priority list, right. because a so much money comes in from it. And B, that's where a lot of our fan engagement is happening, you know? Yes. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I, I can't imagine it's going to go away at Disneyland anytime soon, just because I, you know, as we've talked about on this show multiple times in the past, like Disney World feels more like a vacation destination than Disneyland does, yeah. just because there's so many more people in this densely populated Southern California area where a lot of people who just live here buy an annual pass because it's something you can do or magic key, excuse me, I'm OG. Um, it's something you can do on the weekends. It's something you can do when your kids are out of school during the summer, the holidays, whatever it might be that I just feel like there's too many people with magic keys and yes. it would it would get to the point where you would have those days at Disneyland that I remember from childhood, teenage years, where it's like literally like shoulder to shoulder yeah. with people all day long. And it's like 95 degrees out. You can't, you're waiting three and a half hours to get on Splash Mountain. Like, I don't think they want to bring that back. Um, it's just not good. Like that yeah. experience, because I've had that a couple of times too. And it's, you know, obviously this has been going on in the message boards and in the Disney community, a lot of like, is the magic gone or people saying the magic is gone, whatever, like that whole discussion. And I do think overcrowding really affects the sense of the magic for so many reasons. Not only is it super long wait times, which is obviously the biggest chunk of your day, you know, it's cutting into your day and your return on investment for, you know, how much it costs to get in. But also when you have that many more people, a safety issues, um, in regards to just like, you know, fights breaking out or something like that, but also with, you know, we are in the age of COVID, even though it's, you know, over, you know, whatever, they're still like, we've realized, Hey, if you pack a bunch of people into a small space, (laughs) sickness will go around, you know? So there's that issue. Um, And then also, I think that when you have too many people in the parks, the cast members do not have the time or the ability to do those extra little things that make Disney feel so magical, like yeah. that they don't have the time or the space to be like, Hey, little family, let me take you over to this special spot and show you something. Or you got a phone call from Mickey and you, you know, if there's too many people, they just can't do that. So yeah, I, I've been thinking about this lately. Like, would you rather have higher prices and lower numbers of people in the park or lower prices and more people in the park? 
while it obviously is coming from a major place of privilege, like I would rather pay a little bit more and have it be less people in the park. Yeah, I, I think you're right all the way around. You know, I think less people in there, it just creates a more positive experience um, for everybody's there. And honestly, like as frustrating as it can be at times, be like, gosh, I really want to go next Thursday, but there's no reservations available. Personally, I think that's good because in years past, like I think about when I had an annual pass and I could go whenever I want, mm -hmm. it, it sort of takes away the mystique of being sure. able to get into Disneyland. If you can get in any day you want at any time you want, yeah, yeah, like the special aspect of it sort of goes away. And the fact that I only have like, I can only have six reservations at a time, which means like, I'm only going to book so many months out and Hey, I can only get into California adventure in the morning that day. I want to go like, I think that's cool. It makes it feel more special. Um, and I think nowadays so much has sort of lost that luster because we have access to so much stuff at our disposal. You can dial up whatever you want on your TV, your phone, whatever. And the fact that there is still this exclusivity aspect. I, I like that. So yeah. I'm, I'm all for the reservation system. Keep it around, keep it cooking. I dig it. Um, and that's, uh, that's my Disney news. Uh, I'm going to add episode. one piece of Disney news yeah. to your Disney news. Please. Did you see, they have posted some pictures now of what a proposed expansion of Disneyland would look like. No, where did you see this? Yeah, it's it, if you just search it, you should be able to find it What? pretty much all, all over the place there. It's, it's just drawings right now, but it basically would be all the way back to where the Disneyland hotel is if you kind of went lengthwise that way. So if you imagined, um, you know, walking through downtown Disney, is that what they call it in California? Downtown, downtown Disney? Disney. Yep. Downtown Disney. If you, you know, you sort of walk essentially one direction, right. Um, towards the Disneyland hotel and then back where the Disneyland hotel is, it would sort of go left and right. And it there, the drawings look like it's a lot of space that would be added. Um, so that was sort of, uh, that was in, I saw it in the LA register, uh, or the Anaheim paper or the OC LA register, Time. OC register probably. Um, and, L and the LA times. So it Whoa. seems like it's uh, it could be happening. Do you, are you seeing it right now? Yeah, I'm, I'm pulling it up. And so I'm trying to make sense out of what I'm, what you're looking seeing at, yeah. here. Like, does that, it looks like based off of these drawings that the park would like wrap around the backside of the Disneyland hotel and then sort of weave through the parking structures. Yes. So they said one of the parking structures would be gone. What? Um, yeah. They just built that new I one know. there. I know. Um, so where would people park? Well, I don't think they would take down that one, but I think there's, isn't there one that's in the back of uh, downtown Disney that you can park at? That's not a raised oh, the, structure. The it's just a flat lot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, I think wow. that would be gone, but yeah. So we'll see. We'll Whoa. See. I, this is mind-blowing to me i mean it's very it's very general these renderings like it doesn't really suggest oh that's where pandora is going to go right it almost feels like one of them's a water park maybe it does element. look yeah there's some there's a lot of water. water there's a lot yeah. of water in this thing yeah oh, that's but 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 if we're really reading the tea leaves if there's a lot of water what was the newest avatar movie yeah we have water right so maybe that is the the whole idea that they do a whole kind of water centric avatar kind of vibe i don't know dude this is wild i'm gonna stare at this and analyze this way too much <laughs> i promise you that have they they haven't given any sort of like potential timeline as to i don't think so i don't think so wow. but they at the very least they you know it's 
being reported. And that's that, you know, that's from an actual newspaper. It's not just from, you know, blogs being like, I heard that this was maybe going to happen. You know, wait, hold on. So they've been holding events with neighbors in the community in Anaheim, like coffee events at local parks. So the officials can explain the proposed plan. So if you go, oh, people got to go check this out. I'm looking at it on KTLA.com. If you just Google this, they've posted when all these meetings are going to be. We should go to one of these meetings. That would be fun. The next one is going to be on May 20th at Ponderosa Park. That would be pretty fun. We should oh do it. Gosh. What if we recorded an, an episode like during the meeting and they're like, uh, gentlemen in the back, can you please be quiet? We're like, we're doing memes and things. Okay. You, you be quiet. <laughs> you should know by, by the vocal percussion what is happening back here. <laughs> oh, we totally need to do this. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm putting a pin in this. We're, we're going to go and we're going we're gonna to report all the hot Disney tea back to our listeners. Speaking of memes and things, let's do some memes and things, yeah? Yes. Memes and things. Memes and things. It's time for Eric's memes and things. <laughs> Yes, I there love it. it is. Um, all right, I'm going to fly through these because I got a lot. I probably won't do all of them today because <laughs> we have already been talking for a bit. Um, first of all, I just want to talk about, have you been seeing these clips of Little Mermaid? It, I, it looks couple, really yeah. cool. So there, now you can see, um, I think you see part of part of your world. You can see uh, Under the Sea, sung by David Diggs. Um, you can see some clips of Melissa McCarthy as Ursula. It looks really cool. I'm I'm actually really excited about this one. I think it's going to be cool. I am so curious, and I'm sure there will there will be some sort of you know behind the scenes making of featurette. But I'm so curious how they shot this film to make it look, at the very least, like all of their hair really looks like it's underwater. It right. really has that kind of floaty, soft, slow moving hair underwater look. And I'm like, how did they film this? I, I'm just so curious i think it's so great yeah. um okay uh here's one this is cool this is a fashion thing you all know that i'm a major fashionista there's a brand called cotton on you can find it at a lot of malls oh, yeah, yeah um sort of like a t-shirt jeans kind of store but they have some really fun weird cool mickey uh inspired stuff lately i'll show you guys just so you can see like oh, very wow. kind of like odd you know and i think that maybe has to do with the fact that the um the copyright of mickey is you know expiring so like right some of them are kind of weird and a little little gross or whatever but they have some <laughs> cool like here's a cool one it's like mickey with a bunch of stars in the sort of phantasmic uh look it's very cool so check out uh cotton on uh they have some cool new disney stuff can i point um, out something about that shirt you showed me yes it says loose fit is that back yeah it is. oh the do boxy, i see the boxy fit oh. is back in both shirts and pants. I will say I have so many pairs of like skinny jeans that I, and since, you know, in the last mm, seven, eight months, whenever I put them on, I'm like, oh, this is not cool. This is like very no. 2015. Like it just is not the right look. You know what so, this means? You know what this means? What does that mean? Boxy fits back. All right. You're welcome. Oh, or to be box fits back. All right. Does that sound so better? Good. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, all right, let me see. These were some fun Disney things. I'll show that later. Oh, this was an adorable video uh, that was posted from It All Started With The Mouse 138 on Instagram. 
Uh, I don't know if you saw this video, but there was a mother duck and about eight baby ducklings crossed in front of the parade. Uh, this was a few weeks ago and they like stopped the parade and like all the cast members like ran up and they shooed the ducks, but like kept them safe as they crossed. It was just so adorable. I just love love that. that. Um, very fun. Um, okay. This is a, you know, I love this, um, page best of Disney art on Facebook. Um, this is one of, they took the cast of the goofy movie and reimagined them as humans. And it's from, uh, kingdom Kai kingdom k-i-i uh their instagram uh so this is a cast of goofy movie so here's Powerline as both the dog version of him and then the human version oh wow kind of crazy here's max and the girl it's so weird it like totally makes sense but it's uh it's just kind of a here's one with like the best friend parts the poly shore and the yeah the other guy isn't that great that's great. Loved that. Um, okay, here was a great picture that you maybe uh, will love this, Danny. Uh, I'm sure you will. Uh, this is from 100 Acre Hood Company, which is a uh, clothing brand that I followed that makes really kind of fun, cool, uh, al- alternative Disney merch, you know, that just looks kind of more punk rock and kind of cool. Um, but they were posting a picture because it was um, the 34th birthday of Disney's MGM Studios. And they posted this picture of like all these cast members from the early days of MGM. Whoa, so, they got dinosaurs yeah, in there? Yeah. So you see like Ariel and, you know, Prince Eric and stuff, and you see some C3PO, but you see that show from the 90s, the dinosaur show with the big, you know, human sized puppets of dinosaurs. The Ninja Turtles are in there. This uh, is wild. Roger Rabbit's in there. But yeah, these were all like things that you could see at the original uh, MGM studios, which I think is just so cool so i guess they would have what licensed those properties then back then yeah i guess so yeah dinosaurs was an abc show right it was an abc show and disney had abc back then now the ninja turtles though maybe they were owned by mgm i don't know i'm not sure um okay this is fun this is a picture of robin williams at disney's mgm studios and i want to see if this stirs up anything in your mind what does that picture make you think of Okay, so it's Robin Williams with a Hawaiian shirt on and a big camera. It makes me think of goofy hat and a goofy hat makes me think of him as the genie. Absolutely. This picture was taken and then they drew the genie when at the very end when he's like going off on vacation was based on that picture. Oh, wow. Isn't that fun? That's incredible. Um, Okay, here's another cool thing that was posted on Disney food blog on Instagram. Uh, there is a new restaurant called the roundup rodeo barbecue in Disney world. And every once in a while they will yell, Andy's coming. And the whole restaurant freezes all like all the, <laughs> all the waiters, all of the people that are eating, they wow. like yell it and everybody freezes for a minute. And then they will go and they play like a little clip from the movie of like, and, and it sounds like Andy's walking down the hall and getting like louder. Oh my and then gosh. he like peeks his head in. He's like, Oh, it's not up here. I'll be down in a second, mom. And then his voice like trails away and then everybody goes back to eating, which I just thought was epic. That's really fun. Okay, let's see. Oh, this is a cool product that I found uh, from a company that I was unfamiliar with called Corksicle, C-O-R-K-C-I-C-L-E. And they make little bags and stuff, but this is a fun little like side small bag that you would wear that has a big spot for your 
water bottle holds a 16 ounce to 40 ounce canteen, but it also has Mickey ears on it. And it's kind of like iridescent and cool oh, looking. Cool. So yeah, if you, if you need a cool, like little side bag that is Disney inspired, check out Corksicle. Uh, pretty fun. All right. They this also is- have like uh, those uh, water bottle things, like the ones that like keep cold drinks cold and hot mm-hmm. drinks hot. I've seen like they have one that looks like Buzz Lightyear and one that looks like Woody. So they have a ton of Disney stuff. Yeah. Very cool. This one has nothing to, to do with Disney, but it just, I la- I laughed so hard looking at this meme. Uh, so the first, I'll show you the first half. I want don't want to spoil it. So it's uh, <laughs> a still image of um, Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio in Titanic right. when she's sort of going through his artist book, right? Remember, there's like the scene where he's like, yeah, I'm an artist. Look at this is my work. And she's kind of flipping through it. And he's like, yeah, isn't that cool? They're very flirty. <laughs> and then underneath you see a CD uh, booklet because tell me you did not do that with girls back in the 90s where you'd be like, hey, you want to check out my CD collection? And yes. you'd like bring out the big binder of all your CDs and you'd flip through it and be like, Oh, you're into that? That's cool. That's cool. Like that was totally how we talked to people oh, yeah. back then, which I thought was just so great. Were yours alphabetical? Did you have them in alphabetical order? No, I did try to do like genre. Okay. You know, I had my punk rock stuff here. I kept my, you know, movie stuff here, my Broadway stuff there. Um, okay, let's see. What do we have next here? Um, this is cool. Um, on Amazon.com, you can get the actual doorknob from Alice in Wonderland, the sort of Whoa. the face talking doorknob. Yeah. Um, but it's like an actual working doorknob for your for your house. So if you're like really your front into, door? Yeah, for your front door. It's like the nose is an actual working um working doorknob for your That's for your so house cool. if you want to do that. Um okay here uh okay we'll do this as last one. This is very fun and I'll do it as a quiz for you. So this artist um took a bunch of sort of like famous characters that weren't necessarily Disney, but then put Disney characters in them and then had them like taking off their head, like, uh, like a costumed character essentially. Okay. Um, so the first one is, uh, the character is sadness from Mm. inside out, but who do you think is wearing the sadness costume? Uh, I'm going to guess a Disney character. Is it a character that also is known to be like sad or down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm going to go with, oh my gosh, I don't think of sad Disney characters. Eeyore. Eeyore. Okay, that's um. All right, how about Tony the Tiger? Tony the Tiger, Tigger. Tigger, there he is. Very Ooh, fun. This is fun. Um. Okay, who's inside uh, the character of Beast from X-Men? Oh, from X-Men? It, wouldn't yeah. it be Beast from Beauty and the Beast? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, who's... Uh, okay, this is a reverse. The Disney characters on the outside, the other characters on the inside. I'll just okay. show it to you. It's Elsa from Frozen, but inside of it is Sub-Zero from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Finish him. <laughs> yes. Uh, Daffy Duck inside of him would be... Donald Duck. Donald Duck. There you go. Uh, this, is, uh, this is the last one. Um, uh, Gandalf, but inside of Gandalf's character is the Merlin from oh, Sword in the Stone. Perfect. They're like both the wizards. I Very like good. that Merlin's getting a lot of love at Disney right now in the Magic Happens parade. Like him yeah. and Arthur have their own float. And I just love how quirky the Merlin guy is. Like he's dancing around, he's got the yeah. wand and the whole thing. He's just so silly and like like gumby arms sort of situation. Yeah, yeah. Like it's super, super fun. Okay, Danny, this one I'm so excited about. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm so excited, excited for your excitement. 
Uh, this is something that we must purchase. We must okay. put it in the budget uh, and we will add it to the studio, uh, especially for Christmas. But it, I think it should always be there. Okay. And I think it's only like $18. It is a inflatable cow. <laughs> Like a large <laughs> inflatable cow that we can put in the office to celebrate cow Christmas. So that oh we'll, we'll put a little, God. we'll put a little Santa hat on it. Um, but we we're getting that. So, you know, it'd be cool. Would prepare be yourself. We got it. And like, you know, we can put it in the hallway, you know, when you first walk in and we could ask like fans to send in like wardrobe or something that yes. we could like, we could decorate him with like lights yes. and like tinsel and like maybe a wreath around his neck. I love that. And anytime we have an in-studio guest, we'll have them sign the cow. Ooh, love that. And we'll, we'll come up with some sort of pun to go along with it, you know, like Dairy Christmas sort of thing. Yeah, yes, yes. But like yes. it'll tie to like the show in some way. It's, it's going to be great. I love that. Um, okay, a couple more here. Sorry, I'm, I've got a lot of them. We, have, we, we missed a week, so I had an extra week of memes and things. You've been collecting. Um, okay, so this is from, uh, there's a place called where is this i don't know where this is but it's in los angeles lighthouse art space los angeles is okay. doing an immersive disney animation uh experience which i think has been going around the country um okay. but now it is here in la so we're going to definitely have to check that out it's one of those things like the the van gogh one that's been going around the country yeah. where you sort of are in like a big warehouse space and the there's projections on all the walls of different disney films and on the floor and stuff very cool um, okay, this is a, a Star Wars thing, but that's Disney. Uh, this is, I, I don't know if you've heard this fact before, but Ewan McGregor, the guy who plays uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, his brother, Colin McGregor, is a pilot in the Royal Air Force. And, you know, pilots all have nicknames, right? Right. Maverick, Goose, whatever. Uh, and so his aviator nickname, Colin McGregor's aviator nickname, is OB2. Whoa. Because his brother is OB1. Oh my gosh. I wonder if he likes that or hates that. I bet he loves it. Yeah. I bet he loves it. So he's uh, OB2, which I thought is so funny. Um, okay. This is very funny. This was a meme that somebody posted. It has a, uh, a little clip of from uh, Sleeping Beauty where Maleficent says, well, here's your precious princess. And sort of like reveals by lifting up her cape that, you know, Aurora has been under her cape and is, uh, you know, laying looking almost dead underneath her cape and somebody somebody posted uh death by lulls uh said i always love this part because it means that maleficent had to be like ha 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 okay i'm gonna cover her with my cape and then when they go where is she i'm gonna be like boom ta-da <laughs> <laughs> which i think is just great uh, i love that um, she was having that inner monologue yeah, yeah of course yeah <laughs> Um, okay, this was a fun clip posted by Derpley, D-U-R-P-L-E-Y on Instagram. Uh, and it's a video of uh, a Disney either marathon or half marathon or 5K or something like that. And it says, protect this man at all costs. And I, I may have to kind of steal this idea when I run my half marathon uh, in January. There's right. a dude dressed up as Jack Sparrow, and he ran the whole marathon in the Jack run. That sort of Incredible. like, <laughs> you know how he does that like weird, like his arms are flailing kind of knees yes. up to the air. Uh, so there was a guy that did that whole thing, which I just thought was great. Um, well, who would you uh, run as if you were going to run as well, a No, Disney I'm saying character. I kind of want to steal the. Oh, you want to do Jack? Oh, okay. Jack Sparrow. Okay. But it, the, I feel like, unless you're maybe a 5K, you could do that, but 13 miles like that might get hard on, hard on your joints. The hips would uh, hurt. 
Yes. Um, okay, this is, I should have done this in uh, Disney News, but did you guys hear um, that Julie Andrews will no longer endorse cheap lipstick? Um, because she said that it crumbles easily and it makes her breath smell. Uh, she explained by saying, the super color fragile lipstick gives me halitosis. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That okay, so, last so one. Last one. Uh, this is from Travel Along with Jess on Instagram. And uh, this was uh, a post talking about Disney World, but you could do this even at Disneyland. And they were saying basically like, do you ever want to get a great picture with your family in front of the castle, but there's crowds everywhere. And so right. she basically listed these special spots that you can stand where the castle will be prominently behind you, but there won't be crowds. Basically, um, I'll show you guys, but essentially it's different spots around the sort of rotunda, the circle, oh. the rotary in the middle. Um, and if you take your pictures there, you have a better chance of not having crowds all around you and it, you can have the castle it, featured. This is at Disney World, yeah? That's at Disney World. I'm oh, sure yeah. you can do the same kind of kinds of thing at, uh, at Disneyland. But yeah, that was memes and things. Sorry there were so many, but uh, hopefully you enjoyed us. You know, we should have called that segment this week. What's that? Memes and a lot of things. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. All right. Well, this feels like a good time to get to part one of our top 10 Disney World attractions countdown. Yes. You ready, Eric? Let's do it. All right, folks, here we go. This is top 10 attractions at Disney World, which includes the four major parks. I didn't include anything from like uh, the water parks, but the water parks are great. Um, yeah. I just stayed within the four main parks. I don't know about you, but we'll see how this list sort of uh, cracks out. Um, all right. My number 10 is going to be just a delightful ride, a delightful, <laughs> delightful little ride. And that's going to be the People Mover. Tomorrowland's wow. Purple People Mover. It is just delightful. Delightful. Did you call it the Purple really... People Mover? Yeah. I've never heard it called that before. We always called it the Purple People Mover. Really? Yeah. Is that I know like it's a... just called the People Mover, but we always called it the Purple People Mover. I love that. I've never heard a yeah. single person call it that before. I love it. Um, so uh, lots of cool people do it, Danny. I don't know why I've never <laughs> heard of it. Um, all right. So this was started um, back in the 1965 New York World's Fair, which brought us three brilliant, brilliant, and maybe possibly almost all on this list uh, attractions, including uh, the People Mover, Small World, and Carousel of Progress, all date back to the uh, 65 World's Fair. Uh, it's located in Tomorrowland at, at the Magic Kingdom. It is just a glorious little experience. If you've never ridden, if you've always been like, oh, that's lame, we're going to skip that. Don't. You should go on it. It's great. It just is like a nice little 15 minutes to just be quiet, not move too fast. They separate the cars nicely, so you have a real kind of sense of uh, solitude if you want. Um, they do a very cool thing that happened to me and Lisa when we went to Disney World on our honeymoon. Um, when we got on the people mover, they, we had our little, you know, I had the top hat with the ears and she had the little, you know, brides uh, veil ears and stuff like that. We had the just married pins. So when we got on the people mover, they put a little sign that was made for the people mover that like hung off the side of the doors that said just married. And like, wow. like you'd put on the back of a car or something. And I just thought that was so um, cute. Now it all started, the people mover started because there used to be um, 
the Ford convertibles conveyor belt. Do you, we wouldn't know this because this is back from like the sixties and seventies, but right. up on that track, there used to be full Ford convertibles that sort of rode along that track. What? And it was like a, a collaboration with Ford motor company. Um, and then eventually those went away and they made the people mover uh, that sort of lives on that track. And I will say anytime I'm at Disneyland, I always get a little sad because there was a people mover at one point, at Disneyland, but it has yes. since been retired. But whenever I see that track up there, I'm like, what are we doing? Why, why can't we just bring it back? It's so, it's bring so something back up there. Something. Yeah. It's just such a waste of space. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's my number 10 is the uh, Tomorrowland purple people mover. I love that. I, I miss the people mover at Disneyland so much. And then they got rid of it and they brought in rocket rods, you know, after a while, did you ever ride that ride rocket rods at Disneyland? So it was on the same track, but you were on these like cars that were sort of like futuristic, almost um, almost felt a little steampunk-esque sort of yeah. vibe. And they would like accelerate on the straightaways. And when they would sell accelerate, they would like pop a wheelie oh, and go flying down. Cool. But they went on the same track, but they broke down all the time. So then they got rid of it. And then it's just an eyesore that gathers leaves and twigs. And, yeah. and I, yeah, I'm at that age now where I tell my children about what used to be at Disneyland. Uh, <laughs> and that's one of those things. Uh, great selection. Um, I actually originally had it at my number 10, but I'm going to remove it as well oh, nice. to, uh, to spice this list up a little bit. So for me at number 10, I am going to go with the ferry boats that go across the lake from the transportation hub to the main like that for Magic Kingdom. And what I realized when I was putting together this list was that I really wanted to lean into things that are sort of singularly Disney World. Yes. You know, because as we talked about earlier on uh, in the show, when we were doing like our Disneyland rides, you know, we had that this or that of like, would you rather do Space Mountain at Disneyland, Space Mountain, Disney World? Um, it's just, it's hard to compare. So I was like, well, yeah. let me, let me try to find all the things that I love that I can only do at Disney World. And one of those things are the ferry boats. I just... It's so different from the experience that anyone who grew up going to Disneyland had of like, when we were a kid, you know, we pulled up to the parking lot, which was right in front of the main gates, you know, and now you got to do the parking structure and you take the tram. And that just doesn't feel the same to me as being in that boat and, and coming across that lake and just watching the castle get bigger yeah, and yeah. bigger and bigger. It just feels otherworldly. Um, to me, you just have this beautiful view. It's almost like riding if you live in New York and you take like the ferry in from New Jersey into mm -hmm. midtown Manhattan. And like, it's the forest through the trees sort of situation, right? Where so often we're concerned about what's going on inside that space that we don't think about what it looks like from the outside. And those ferry boats give you that opportunity. And it just feels like, it feels like you're being transported to a different world. Yeah, because um, well, people don't really travel by boat very much in their regular life. No, so, you know, and we think of it as a I mean, maybe for me as a kid, I thought of it as a nuisance. I'm like, why can't I just get to that to right. the gate? Why can't I just get to the train station? I got to take this boat. But now as I've gotten older, I love, you know, some people be like, let's take the monorail it's so much faster. I'm like, yeah, but this is more magical. Um, and so, so I, I love it. There are three different, uh, ferry boats that run actually out in Orlando. There's the, the Richard F Irvine, the Admiral Joe Fowler and the general Joe Potter. I don't know who those are named after, but I'm, I'm sure we've got some huge Disney fan that will reach out to us. Let us know the rides about like 10 to 12 minutes from, from dock to dock. Um, I'm always a go up to the top deck sort of person. So I can see as much as possible. 
I just think it's incredible. It just, you can feel the buzz of everyone who's there at the beginning of the day, as you're like so excited for all the adventures that you're going to embark on when you get into uh, the Magic Kingdom Park. So that's why for me, I, I got to put the ferry boat um, as, as my number 10. I love that. Um, we actually had a babysitter who, when we were living in New York, her dad, um, I don't think he drives the big ferry boats, but he drives because there's lots of different boat transportation things that are right. happening on Lake Buena Vista. Um, he drives one of the smaller, you know, just single level uh, ferry boats. But he literally, I think, I don't know what he did, but he was like a businessman or something. And then when he retired, he moved down to Orlando and he got his boating license and he became a ferry boat captain for Disney World. Dude, and he, and he apparently has like, he's super, she was like, he's so happy. He goes to work every day and he drives people over to the parks and, you know, out on the lake on the boat and, you know, talks to people and just loves it. And I was like, that sounds like a great, great retirement plan. I love that. I mean, it must um, be so cool for them to to like be around that energy and to feel to hear the excitement of everyone who's getting on, and then to like hear the stories that people are sharing as they are going back to the parking lot to the transportation hub of like, oh, I had so much fun on this ride today. Like, that's just got to be that's got to be a really cool perspective on the Disney experience. Um, love that. All right, my number uh, nine. This is a cool one. This is another one that is uh, Disney World specific. This is in the Magic Kingdom, and it's Enchanted Tales with Belle. Have you ever Ooh, done this? No. Enchanted Tales with Belle. So uh, it's over in Fantasyland. It is this experience where you go in, um, and uh, there's like a little room, small room, that probably only seats about 25, 30 people, pretty small. Okay. Um, it's like a library kind of setting, family room kind of vibe. Um, and then there's an actress dressed as Belle who or more bell as we'll say bell comes out um and is is uh, it kind of says hey welcome to my my library and i'm so glad that you're here have you all heard the story of how i you know came to live here and and my husband the beast and it's like for kids and you know kids will be like yeah we know we know and then they cast um i think bell is the only one that's an an actress and then the role of like chip um, the Beast, Mrs. Potts, Lumiere, Cogsworth, they cast kids in those roles and they get oh, to like whoa. hold like a, either a prop piece or, you know, if you're playing Chip, I think you hold a big like cutout of Chip. Um, Miles one time got selected to be Beast and they put like a big cape on him and stuff. And then they basically just do a quick retelling of the, the story of the film. Um, and then the kids each get a couple lines here and there. And it's really, really cool because I think anything that can get kids where they really feel like, whoa, I was a part of that, you know, yeah. um, is awesome. I always loved that when I was a kid, whenever I got selected out of an audience to be like a volunteer or something. So uh, Enchanted Tal Tales with Belle is that experience. It's just, again, a delightful experience, especially if you have kids um, to check out. So that's going to be my uh, number nine. So good. I got to check that out. We, I, I think Emmy, when we took her last, she was about two and a half. So she hadn't really started to like connect with all of the Disney princesses yet. And I think it was sure. just, you know, her first flight across the country was a little overwhelming. But next time we take her back, we got to check that out for sure. Yeah. Um, which park is that? At? That's at Magic Kingdom? Magic Kingdom. Yeah. Okay. Magic Kingdom. Okay. Awesome. All right, so number nine for me is going to be another transportation-based experience, and that's going to be the Skyway, from specifically from Hollywood Studios to Epcot. Um, one of the things that they have just absolutely knocked it out of the park with at Walt Disney World is the transportation element of things. It's like I've never had the privilege of staying on property at 
uh, at Disney World before, but from people I've talked to, like when you stay on property, you're in the magic all the time. Yeah. You don't have to worry about like having a car. You can get a bus to a boat, to a monorail, to, you know, to a water taxi, whatever it might be. They have so many options. And I just, I love seeing things from up high. I just think getting out of sort of like the weeds of things. Again, it's sort of like, you know, forest through the trees situation of like getting above it. And that Skyway bucket ride from Hollywood Studios over to Epcot, it's just such a pleasant experience. You get to see the just how enormous that parcel of land is and to be able to look one direction and see Hollywood studios and look another direction and see like the Epcot, you know, uh, spaceship earth ball. Um, it's just, is so beautiful. And as we talked about earlier in the episode, if you can time it out to ride it at night, when the fireworks show is going on over at Epcot center, you just, you get this beautiful view of the lake with the water, with the fireworks, with the light show. Plus in the foreground is the Eiffel Tower because you come in right behind France. It just, it's like, it's such a magical experience. And it's not like a rinky dink skyway bucket like we used to have at Disneyland. Like these things are fully enclosed. There's yeah. music playing. It feels like you're on a ride. Um, it's something I would pay to go on. It's something pay people pay to go on like when they're in Colorado, to like ride up to the top yeah, of a yeah. mountain, you know, and it's just a way to get from one awesome experience to another. Um, so if you've yet to utilize the Skyway buckets uh, going from Epcot to Hollywood Studios or Hollywood Studios back to Epcot, and I think there's a resort you stop at in between like the Riviera or something like that. It's it's a really, really cool experience. It's a fun way to get around the parks and highly recommend it. And I'm going to put it at my number nine. I love that. Uh, you've inspired me. I just made, I pulled an audible here. Ooh, uh, I, love that. I, I was going to have jungle cruise at number eight, but I agree with you that I'm trying to find things that are pretty specific to Disney world. And yeah. while I know this next thing is also in Disneyland, I've never ridden it in Disneyland. I don't ever know why I would um, because I'm not staying at the hotels. Uh, right. And that's the monorail. I love the monorail. Oh. Yes. I love the monorail. I love, I mean, the, the, the talking part at the beginning, which is in our featured in our intro is just like, it, it is one of those sounds that truly like puts me in the magic. Like as soon as I hear it, I'm like, Oh, here we go, baby. <laughs> it's Disney time. Um, I love the way that it is so 80s future tastic you know like yeah. it's not actually futuristic but it's what we thought the future would look like in the 80s um and the colors i like the old school colors the sort of like orange and yellow and brown kind of look <laughs> yeah. now a lot of them are now painted to have more of like you know there's ones that look like buzz lightyear or woody or mickey or donald um which is cool but i do like the original kind of vibe uh, and I just, I like that they're big and roomy. I like that um, there's something about like when you get on that they're each stall is big enough that you, more than likely you are going to be um, with strangers. And it sort of mm. forces you to be like, hey, where, where are you guys from? Or where, what did you guys do yesterday? Or, you know, I like that it sort of forces community. Um, yeah. So my number eight is going to be that good old fashioned monorail. So good. I, I I loved this piece of trivia when I was a kid that, you know, you would ask people, what's the fastest ride at, at Disneyland? And people would always go, oh, Space Mountain or Big Thunder Mountain, but it's the monorail. Um, I don't know if it's the same for 
Walt Disney World because I'm sure Tron is is pretty fast. Yeah, I uh, haven't been on it yet, but I think the average speed of the monorail is like 40 miles per hour. Yeah, it's fast. I mean, it gets you around. It's efficient. Again, you get that like elevated view of the parks um, and it just connects you to everything. It's it's awesome. Great yeah. selection. Um, all right. So number eight for me is actually going to be an attraction. It's not going to be a transportation uh, device. It's going to be the seas experience at Epcot. Oh, that's a good one. I love it so much. There are so many aspects of the seas experience that are amazing. You've got the Finding Nemo ride, which exists there, which is very similar to the Little Mermaid ride um, that we have out here at Disney California Adventure here in California. That's why they call it California Adventure. And then they've got like this whole like aquarium, this massive aquarium that's full of different fish and sharks and all of this like ocean life that you can like walk through these sort of like tunnels and see them all swimming around. Sometimes there are divers in there with them, which is really cool. Um, and then they have these like smaller tanks as well that are sort of spread throughout with like smaller fish. Like you can see eels and clownfish and all these sorts of things. Or there's even, I think it's the, um, is it manatees? I want to say there's like a manatee exhibit there sure. as well. Yeah. And they'll throw in like the big heads of like lettuce in there. And you get to watch these manatees just like, harm, harm, like going to town on a, on a head of lettuce uh, which I love. And if you really want to see a, a cool look at the animal aspect of the Disney parks, or there's a series, it's it's not the the Animal Kingdom one. I don't think that's on Disney Plus. Maybe I'm wrong, but there there's an animal like docu-series. Um, it's like all about the animals of the Disney parks in Orlando. Mm -hmm. And they show a lot of behind the scenes stuff of the animals that they have uh, and how they, you know, how they train them, how they care for them. Um, at, at the Disney park, specifically the seas. Like I remember watching one episode where they had to bring in like a crane because one of the manatees like hurt its tail or something like that. And they had to bring in a crane through the roof to like lift this thing Whoa. out to go take him to a hospital to work on him. It was pretty darn cool. Um, and then another really, really cool aspect of the seas experience is that there is a restaurant that you can eat at um, in there, which we ate at last time we were there. And all the tables it's sort of like dining in vegas when you go to see a show because like all the booths are around and they all face sort of like towards the stage and the yeah. stage in this case is the huge aquarium and you just get to dine ironically on seafood um while you watch <laughs> all of these fish swimming around it's, it's a really really cool experience and honestly it is such a great escape in the middle of those hot days out in orlando just to go hang out in there in the shade and the cool air uh, and just take in some really, really cool uh, sea life. So definitely recommend it. If you haven't been there uh, yet, go check out the seas experience at Epcot. The land and the seas, both are yes. good. And uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but it's uh, hopefully it's not on your list. It's not. It didn't quite make my list. But uh, if you've never seen the Finding Nemo show uh, in the seas, I think it's in the same pavilion. Oh, is it right really? next to it? Uh, it is so great. It's written by Bobby and Kristen Lopez, who wrote oh, wow. Frozen and a bajillion other things. Um, uh, but it's so good. It's it, They do it with puppets and the puppets are really cool. It's on a huge stage. It's a beautiful, beautiful show. So if you've never seen uh, Finding Nemo uh, at uh, the seas, you should definitely check it out. Awesome. Um, okay, my number seven. Oh, this is a good one. I can't even believe it's this low on my list. Uh, <laughs> is Country Bear Jamboree. Golly, I love wow, that. Yes. I love the Country Bear Jamboree. I love it, love it, love it. Again, a lot of the reason that I've selected a lot of these, I have way more 
sort of like attraction slash shows than I do rides because I think they just hold so much more nostalgia for me. And they really like, that's, that's the feeling that I'm searching for when I go to Disney world more than like being thrilled of like going fast. I want to just feel that like feeling of being a kid again. Um, So country bear jamboree, if you've never seen it uh, it's 15 minutes long. I think they've shortened it by like, a minute and a half. I think it used to be like 16 and a half minutes long. Um, so it's a little bit shorter. Uh, you go into this little theater. There's the the bull, uh, the bull elk, the bison, and the deer, I think, uh, or the moose, the moose uh, that are on the sides of the walls. And they sort of are talking to you as they introduce it. Those, those are the famous heads that are in the Winnie the Pooh ride in Disneyland. Um, and then you basically just get this cornucopia sort of variety show of these adorable, spectacularly weird, awesome bears with great music. Uh, I just want to highlight a couple of the bears that are my favorites. Um, Henry is the master of ceremonies who I love. Then you get Liver Lips McGrawl, who has the kind of long (laughs) hair. He's got those big, huge lips. He's very funny, kind of an Elvis kind. there's Teddy Bera who comes out from the ceiling and she's singing, uh, sings while she sits on a swing. My parents actually had a hamster uh, when they were first married, uh, I think a hamster, and they named it Teddy Bera because it was like big and fat. Oh, awesome. And, old, and so they named it Teddy Bera. Um, then you have, you know, Trixie. You have my absolute favorite, Big Al. Big Al is the fattest <laughs> bear. He's gray with a light gray belly. Um, and he wears a tan hat and a red vest and he sings, there's blood blood in the water it's so <laughs> or blood on the saddle sorry blood on the saddle um i i just i love all of these characters so much they i get such a kick out of how silly it is and i kind of love being in country bread jamboree and like having people around me that are like what is this like what are we watching (laughs) i get like even more joy out of them being weirded out by it because it feels like oh you don't get it you don't know what country bear jamboree is i don't know i just i love that experience so much i don't think i've ever been to disney world without doing country bear jamboree and that why that is why uh it is number seven on my list so good i I don't think I've ever been to the Country Bear Jamboree at Magic Kingdom. Oh, really? Have you only seen it when it was in Disneyland? Yeah, when it was in Disneyland. Gotcha. Yeah, I'd imagine it's got to be pretty similar, or yeah, I, think so. exactly I think I think it I think it's almost exactly the same because I just was reading that they also have it in Tokyo Disney, and it said that it's basically the same version. Okay, well, you know what I'll be doing in a couple of weeks when I am uh, yes. when I'm there, and and I promise you, I know I promised this to you last time, and I'm sure this is going to be on your list, but. I will check out the Carousel of Progress. I, you must. You must. <laughs> you got so elevated with that. I love it. I will. I pro. I am a. I'm a person of my word, and I'm gonna. I'm gonna make good on that. All right. So number seven for me again. I'm really looking at experiences that I can only currently have out at Disney World, and this is one of those. And it's my number seven. It's Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. I just think what the Disney Imagineers, the engineers, all the people who are involved in creating these attractions, these experiences, what they have figured out with the trackless ride system is mind blowing to me. Yeah. Like it's just so brilliant. Everything about that experience to me of going on Remy's Ratatouille adventure is perfect that it's in Epcot in the France pavilion that you're 
walking by, you know, these buildings that feel like you're on the streets, you know, you're in this like Parisian part of the world and the Eiffel Tower and then going in to the building and feeling like you're, you know, walking through the streets of France and then you're going into Gusteau's restaurant and and then the ride itself is is just an absolute blast. The way that they mix together a moving vehicle, a vessel with not only screens and projections, but like big overhead set pieces, the way that you feel transported as if you are like Remy the rat running through Gusto's kitchen. And when you go underneath the stove and like the flames come on and then you're in the refrigerator, the way that they change temperatures in areas and, and inject the smells, it just, it transports you so beautifully. It's, it's a really, really cool uh, and magical experience. And I'm really hopeful that at some point they'll bring it out here to, to California. I, I don't know where they would do it. Initially, I was like, they should put it in DCA where the monsters is, but then that doesn't really track because it's all about yeah. California adventure. Unless like they change that Hollywood studio lot area just to be like different parts of the world, maybe right, yeah. is where they could make it happen. But it's, it's a blast. And if you haven't tried it out, I know it's a newer ride out there, but uh, if you have any trips planned uh, to Disney world, make sure you check out Remy's Ratatouille adventure. I have not ridden it yet, so I'm actually very excited uh, whenever I'm back in Florida to do it because I've seen videos of it. It looks awesome. It looks it's so a blast, cool. man. It's so fun. Um, I love that. Um, all right, my number six, this is going to be the last one of this particular countdown, is going to be uh, a ride that opened in 2014. Uh, it is in the Magic Kingdom. Uh, it's in Fantasyland, and that is snow white's seven dwarves mine train have you ridden this ride danny i have i've been on it once. Oh, it's awesome it's basically the best way to describe it is it's big thunder mountain it has a very similar feel like the pace of it the drops feel about the same but what's so cool about mine train is each um compartment or each uh, car that you ride in is sort of suspended at the top of it but the bottom of it can rotate back and forth with gravity so when you go right. around these curves like your whole car kind of like swoops to the outside part of where the curve is and right. it just makes everything feel that much more sort of like dramatic and thrilling and it's an awesome ride it has a good queue which i always love we've talked about that <laughs> um there's lots of cool stuff to look at in the queue uh because it's a newer ride they sort of look at all those things a little bit more closely um, but I just, you know, I'm not the biggest Snow White fan. It's not my favorite movie of all time, but I love the dwarves and I love all the like sort of audio animatronics that they have in the, in the ride. They do that cool thing where um, the body and the face are, are all one, you know, piece, but then there's a projection inside the face that allows them to have like very animated, you know, eye movements and mouth movements and stuff like that so that while the body might be doing kind of that robotic just like my arm goes up and down up and down the face can really be alive because they have those projections inside um which is awesome uh so yeah my number six is going to be uh the seven dwarves mind train in magic kingdom so good i've only been on it that one time and i feel like i need to do it again i also think i did single rider so i didn't get to have the full Queue experience. Yeah. It was nice to get on faster, but, or no, it was, um, I think I used, it was when they still had fast pass out there sure. and I used a fast pass, which is basically like single rider sort of situation. Yeah. But, um, I know another one I have to add to my list, uh, when I'm there, you carousel of progress first, but then you can do it. <laughs> 
first stop carousel of progress uh and i'll send you a picture from out in front with a big yeah. big thumbs up uh all right so we've made it to my number six which will bring us to the uh, end of part one of this countdown uh but before i reveal that just want to remind you guys if you're not doing so already please make sure you're subscribing to the show uh please rate and review we love to read those reviews on the show and it also frankly it helps more people to discover what we're doing here with disney countdown and and we love seeing this community continue to grow and, and get to share this Disney magic with more and more people. So please take a moment to do that. If you're not following us on social media, you can do so at Disney Countdown Show on Instagram and TikTok or at Pod Disney on Twitter. And if you really, really love this show and you're like, I need more of these guys, uh, you can subscribe for a monthly fee on Apple or Spotify, or you can become a member of our Patreon crew, which also gets you access to a private community on Facebook and you get tons of bonus episodes. I think there's eight or nine bonus episodes in there right now. So plenty of extra content waiting for you to consume. Um, and I do want to tease real quick that I think, Eric, we're going to have a guest for part two Ooh, of this fun. countdown. Another uh, Disney content creator who I actually met years ago through community theater, but now she's like blown up. Her name is Samantha Souza. And I've been chatting with her and she really, really wants to come on the show. So I think cool. we'll have her uh, join us for, for part two of that countdown. So if you're a fan of Samantha, look forward to that. Um, but without further ado, I'm going to, I'm going to go with my number six here. I'm torn. I'm so torn between a ride that exists at both Disneyland and Walt Disney world, or one that is only at Walt Disney world. Go with the only, only with Disney world. I think I'm going only here. Uh, I'm going to go with test track. Oh, I, I think test track is such a fun ride. I remember seeing like pictures and video of test track, you know, not long after it opened. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that looks like such an incredible experience. And then got to go with my family uh, a couple of years ago. And my mom and I it, the test tracks a tough one because it closes down so frequently because the track is outside. And if there's yeah. lightning in the area, they have to shut it down. So it's like people almost play this game. It, it feels like we're like, well, I'm going to keep myself sort of near test track. So that way, when it reopens, I'm going to sprint to the front of the line. Yes. And that way I don't have to wait two hours to get on this ride. But it's a blast. It opened uh, in March of 1999. It replaced um, a ride called World of Motion, which I guess existed there prior to. I test track. loved World of Motion. Just saying I loved World of Motion. It was all about like the history of cars. Oh, wow. See, I didn't even go on that. that that's news to me. I didn't even know that existed. Uh, but one stat about this that sort of blew me away when I was looking into it was that the estimated cost of this attraction is $300 million. Woo. That's a lot of, that's a lot of churros, friends. Yeah. That's a lot of churros. Um, but it's a blast. You know, the experience starts when you walk into the building and you sort of get to like build out your own car that you're going to take out on the test track with all the other passengers who are in their car with you. You go through all these simulations of like a windy road or a really slick road or a mountainous area to see how your car specifically performs. And then you take it out on the test track that races around. Like it's so interesting. It, the one thing about test track that I always think is funny is that it feels like the most like un-Disney ride because like they send you out on this track that feels like you're just out like in a parking lot right <laughs> somewhere yes. um, but they have like a bunch of chevys sort of like parked in the middle but like the real highlight of it is when you accelerate and you hit just south of 65 miles per hour and you go into that bank turn isn't it wild though that like 65 miles an hour is not that fast it's like the speed it, limit right it's the speed limit on like 
a regular highway. Right. And but somehow it feels like you're going 300 miles an hour. Yeah. Like it really, it's probably because the, it is a very fast, you know, increase in speed right. and by taking that turn at that speed. But it is amazing that like, it's really not that fast, but it sure feels like you're in a rocket ship. It's so cool. It's the wind. I think it's the wind yeah. in your hair that makes you feel like you're going fast, but it also gives you a lot of perspective. You know, if you're ever driving around, you're like, God, we're only going 65. Yeah. Well, think, get on test track and see what 65 feels like uh, when you don't have a vehicle around you because it feels super fast. But yeah, that that acceleration, and I think it's something about like seeing the speed up on like that digital board that they have out yeah. there that you're like, whoa, we're going 64.9. But that bank turn, that's that's what sells it for me yeah. is that bank turn coming around the end before you come back into the building. It's, it's a blast. If you haven't checked it out, uh, please make sure you do so. And uh, it's my my number six. I love it. Good selections. These were good. And I'm excited to see the uh, the rest of this list because uh, I think we got some good ones to come. Uh, all right. Big thank you to Chris Sisley. Thank you very much, Chris, for, as always, for being here with us. Um, and Danny, let's close it up uh, as we always do by saying D-I-S. See you real, real soon. N-E-Y. Why? Because we count down. Disney Countdown Show. Bye, everybody. We'll see you on the next one. Bye-bye. Later.